0: Um, from the book of Acts chapter number 5 from verse 1. We'll begin from there tonight. Let's turn our Bibles there. Acts chapter 5 from verse 1. It says, And a certain, and a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphire, his wife, sold a possession, and kept Back part of the, of the prize, his wife also being private to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, let me change to New King James Version. How many of you have the New King James? You have the New King James Version. Can I have it on the screen? Okay. It says, but Peter said, Ananias, why, look at, listen to the words carefully. He says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back parts of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Says, why have you cons- um, um, conceived these things in your heart? But you have not lied to men but to God. Are you following the story? Next verse. <laughs> We're talking about Ananias as a fire today. Then Ananias, hearing these words, look at what happened to him, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. We don't know what happened to him, but he had a heart attack, we don't know. but that. But after hearing these words from Apostle Peter, he fell down and bred his last. He said, so great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Next, six. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out and buried him. So the man actually died. Can you, can you, can you this is amazing. The guys just carried the dead body and buried it immediately. They didn't even care who is his family members. They didn't bother. This is how the Christians were, does this. No time, no time to waste time. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. So the wife did not even know that her husband is already buried. Are you following? So three hours later, she came to the church, and then she said, Oh, sorry, we didn't even tell your husband. <laughs> I've buried your husband already. And Peter answered her. He says, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, we sold it for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test The Spirit of the Lord, look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door. And they will carry you out. What happened next? Then immediately, everybody say immediately. She fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead. And carrying her out, they buried her by her husband. Praise the Lord. Now, do not be distracted now because if you miss this one, you missed every the whole point. Question is, why did Ananias and Sapphira die for lying? You know, we talked about it last week, Sunday. I said, some of you have lied before. How many of you have lied before? <laughs> Everybody have lied before. So how come, how come that you didn't die like Ananias and Sapphira? What exactly were they doing? Why is it that they died? Why did they die? And somebody said, well, you know, um, we are in the grace dispensation. Remember, this was the grace dispensation. Because the grace dispensation started in the book of Acts, after the Holy Spirit came. Acts 1 verse 8 says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I remember in Acts 2, pastor that like a rushing mighty wind, and the Spirit fell on all those who were in the house. And the upper room. Do you remember that? In the book of Acts 2. And they were all filled with the Spirit. So the day the Holy Spirit came was the day the dispensation of grace began. So just three chapters after, we find somebody coming to Apostle Paul, and Apostle Paul is saying that you lied to me. And he says, don't worry, two of you are dying immediately. So why is it that Ananias and Sapphira died? Why? Are you ready to find out why? Are you ready to find out why? listen, Knowing the reason why will bring comfort and will bring answers to your questions tonight in Jesus' name. Now, in the book of Acts, go back to verse 1. I want you to notice something in the book of Acts. Go back to verse 1 and look at Acts 5, verse 1. Look at the way the writer, um, the book of Acts, introduced introduced this man. Everybody read the first sentence, one to go. Let's read the unison together. Let's start again. One to go read. Now, hold on. Mark the word certain man. Mark it in your Bible. A certain man named Ananias. Do you remember in the book of Acts, there are two Ananias? How many of you know that? There are two Ananias in the book of Acts. Now, go to Acts chapter 9 verse 10. Look at how this person was introduced. Acts chapter 9 verse 10. Everybody read one to go. In Damascus, there was a disciple named who? Ananias. The Lord called him in a certain, he called him in a vision, Ananias. Say, Yes, Lord, he answered. Give me a New King James version. Because I want you to see the consistency of the same word. Let's just use one version today. We'll only use NKGV dropped, Just one. So to help to um, clarify these things properly. Let me have the New King James version. Alright. Now, everybody read now. The first sentence, one to go. And there was a certain disciple. Mark the word, certain what? In, ch- in chapter 5, verse 1, go back, what do we have there? A certain man. Here now we have what? A certain disciple. What is the difference? What is the difference? Hold on. Now, we are going to see what is the difference now between these two ananias. Alright. Now, give me Acts chapter 9 verse 26, the same chapter, 26 now. Acts chapter 9 26, drop down to verse 26 of the same chapter. Now, look at this. The Bible says, and when Saul had come into to Jerusalem, this is after Saul has been saved and transformed, he tried to join the who? The disciples. But they were, not, they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a... Disciple. So Paul, who was formerly named Saul, he was just he was a non-Christian. Let me explain that way. Are you following? Now, we, after Jesus visited Saul and Saul got converted, he now became a disciple. But the the the, the disciples in Jerusalem were afraid of Saul because they know Saul's credentials. They know how he has killed Christians. They know how he attacked Christians. So they know everything that Saul have done. So they they didn't even believe when. Where Paul now said, and so now said that, I'm born again, I'm saved, I'm a disciple. They did not believe. That's what your Bible says. They didn't believe. Now, turn on to verse 36. Verse 36. So, who is the disciple? We'll come there in a moment. Verse 36, the same chapter. Acts chapter 9, verse 36. At Joppa, everybody read again, there was a certain disciple named who? Tabitha. Which is translated docker. So tabitha and docker mean the same thing. He says this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds. So are you seeing the word again? Disciple, a certain disciple. Now, Act chapter eleven verse twenty-six. Act eleven twenty-six. Act eleven twenty-six. Acts chapter eleven, verse twenty-six. He says, and when he he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that the whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And uh, everybody read the first sentence there, want to go. And the disciples were called what? Christians in Antioch. So now follow this very carefully. When this thing started, when this thing started, it was not called Christian. There was nobody that was called Christian. Everyone who, who believed in Jesus, they were called disciples. Are you following? So it was when the Christians gone to Antioch that they now started calling them Christians. The word Christian means followers of Jesus. They talk like Jesus. They behave like Jesus. They act like Jesus. Are you following? So in in Antioch, so it was non-Christians that gave disciples the name Christian. It was not Christians that gave the name Christian. Now today now is the adopted um, title in the world today. But if I call you disciple, people don't understand that part. But disciple is the word that is used for us. We are disciples. Say I'm a disciple of Jesus. Disciple. Uh-huh. And a disciple is not... Christian Disciple are two different things. A disciple really means somebody who... Not just a follower of Jesus Christ, but someone who um, follows Christ's mandates, his disciplines, his words, who takes it seriously. That's what a disciple is. So a disciple is somebody who has accepted the Lord Jesus into his life, and also not just accepting, him, but also imitate imitate Christ. That means does the same things that Christ would do. Are you following? So Christians, most of the time in the book of Acts, Christians are always referred to as disciples. Everybody say disciples. Yeah. Most of the time, people who are not Christians, you will not see the word disciple used for them. So this is already answering our question. Are we getting somewhere? But now let's, let's look at some more. Um, Acts 16 verse 1. The reason why I'm reading the book of Acts is so that you see it very clear for yourself. Acts 16 verse 1. Let's look at that one. Acts 16, verse 1. It says, Then he came to Deba and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there who named who? Timothy. Remember Timothy in your Bible? This is where Timothy, this is where they met Timothy. Timothy now has become a disciple of Jesus Christ. He The son of of a certain Jewish woman who believed. So his mother actually believed the gospel. And he also believed the gospel. He said, and his father was Greek. So that means um, Timothy's father was a Greek, a foreigner and the mother was a Jew. Are you following the story now? So this is how Paul met Timothy. This is where Paul met Timothy in the journey of the book of Acts. Now, Acts 21 verse 4. Acts 21 verse 4. So Timothy was called a disciple as well. Acts 21, verse 4. And finding disciples we stayed there, how many days? Seven days. He says, they told Paul, now his name has been changed now from Saul to Paul, through the Spirit, not to go to Jerusalem. So the disciples that like were gathering here together, they came together and they were praying. While they were praying in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost said, don't go to Jerusalem. So the Spirit of God told them where to go and where not to go. Isn't This is very important. In your life, always try to get direction from the Holy Spirit. I am telling you, don't just do things because they look nice. Inquire what is God's idea about this? What is God's vision about this? What is God's plan about this? You see that? Because we, and how, how many days did they stay? Seven. seven days. You know why? You know why they say seven days? Because the first day when they came to pray about the matter, there was no answer. So day two. They prayed again, no answer. They continued the prayer. They didn't stop the prayer because they needed clarity from the Spirit. And the Spirit of God spoke on the seventh day. Imagine if they were praying for three days and the third day they say, Kai, let's stop, pause this prayer. God's not talking. Let's move on. That's how they will have done things by their own human power, by their own human strength, and they will have made a lot of mistakes. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, learn to follow the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit of God has not told you to move, don't move. Just stay. If we, have, if we told you to stay in this place, and you are sensing that you need to move a new direction, it, it can sense your business, your relationship, whatever it is. When even, the, even the choice of school you want to go to. Don't just choose a school because it's nice or because the course is there. Is that where the Spirit of God wants you to go to? Is that where he wants you to go? You never know. You, you think that you have been trying and trying and trying to study medicine, and all the while, the Spirit wants you to study economics. Are you seeing that? Then you go by your own human power. You enter the medical school. You do everything. When you finish, you now realize that actually you went the wrong path. You just wasted time. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So look, Mark this, write this down very carefully. The Christians were always referred to as what? Disciples in the book of Acts. So this tells us that Ananias and Sapphira were not Christians. Isn't that interesting? They were not disciples. Because the Bible did not introduce them as disciples, it said a certain man named Ananias as a fire. And let me tell you something, eh? I am very excited and happy of the judgment that happened to them, because it's a great sign that God cares about us. You know, imagine if your imagine if a dog came to attack you, and somebody killed the dog. Will you be happy or sad? Talk to me. Why? Why will you be happy? You'll be happy because the dog came to harm you. Are you following? Ananias and Sapphira, they came to deceive God's people. They came to deceive them. So the judgment that God gave on them was very good because it shows that God protects his sheep. Hallelujah. It shows that God protects his sheep. That means anybody that's against the church, just know that you are on dangerous ground. That would mean you're on dangerous ground. You're talking against the church, righteousness against the church, doing this against the church, you are on dangerous ground. Like an Ananias and Sapphira. God has not stopped it today. I remember one guy one time, he went to, um, he went to a church. The church, there are more than 100,000 people there. He actually wore a bomb. In this in- Indonesia, he wore a bomb to enter into the church to kill as many as he can kill. Guess what happened? Because God protects the sheep. You know what God did? While the guy was walking on the elevator to the church, because the church was like upstairs, while he was walking on the elevator, the bomb took off. I know what happened? His legs went off. So God, God didn't care about the legs, but God protected the church. Hallelujah. That's what God does. So like as a fire, God will still judge those who are against the church, who come to deceive the church. And sometimes you have what is called a mixed multitude. You have people come to the church, they are not Christians, but they just came to deceive. They came to manipulate. Those, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will always sieve out such people. Bring them out of the food. You see that? And then he will judge them to protect his flock. And you shall amen. amen. Say, God protects me. So we should help you about this because it actually shows that God protects his sheep, God protects his own. Glory to God. And let me tell you another very amazing thing. Now, l- let me show you more to, uh, to, uh, to also able to understand that these people are actually not Christians. So let me give you some scriptures in the same book of Acts so we can you see um how we know that they are not christians look at acts three verse two look at how the writer writes about these people so it's very very clear acts three two we have some long readings so quickly he says and a certain man do you remember that man that was here at a beautiful gate remember that man was not a christian he was not a disciple so the bible says and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried and he was at the temple they called it the beautiful gate guess what This tells you that even people who are not saved can receive healing from God. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So receiving a healing from God is not a guarantee that you have salvation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh So salvation is not just because God healed me. So God can heal a Muslim, God can heal a Hindu, God can heal anybody because God is gracious and kind. I mean the sun does not shine on Christians, am I correct? The sun shines on both the wicked and both the good. That's the greatness of God. But salvation is only for those who have come to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their lives. Are you following? So you can receive healing from God, but it doesn't mean you're saved. So this man, he was not a Christian, but yet he got healed. Are you seeing that? Uh huh. Now let's look at um, Acts 8, verse 9. Acts 8, 9. Look at another person who was not a disciple of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 8 verse 9. It says, but there was a certain man. huh. You see the word again? There was a certain man called who? Simon. Who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria. Claiming that he was, he was somebody great. So this guy, his name is um, Simon, was there performing miracles, performing magic, doing all powerful stuff. But he was not a Christian. So the Bible says there was a certain man, not certain this a certain man named who? Simon. See the see the same, the same consistency of scripture. Are you seeing it? Isn't it now nice that your Bible is so how many of you have seen this before in your Bible? You're not taking, you read your Bible, you, you you speed, read your Bible. You read too fast. So you don't see all these important details. Because this is what separates the shaft when you're studying your Bible. Hallelujah. Now look at Acts chapter 8, verse 2. Acts 8:2. Acts chapter 8, verse 2. It says, the Bible says, And a certain, um, a devout man carried Stephen to his burial. So that means this man was not a Christian. And he made great lamentation over him. (laughs) Look at that. So Acts chapter 9, verse 33. Acts chapter 9, verse 33. Acts 9, verse 33. It says, There he found a certain man. Everybody says certain man named Annius, who had been pre-dude eight years and was paralyzed. So this man got healed also, and got saved on the same day. But before he was saved, he was titled as what? Certain man. So every time you see a certain man, certain woman in the book of Acts, it's always referring to a non-disciple. Somebody who is not a Christian. Somebody who is not a child of God. Are you following? Are you following? Acts chapter 10, from verse 1 to 2. Let me show you another non-Christian again. Acts chapter 10, from verse 1 to 2. Acts chapter 10, from verse 1 to 2. And there was a certain man in Caesarea called um, Colinius. How many of you remember Colinius in the book of Acts? Uh-huh. It says, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. A devout man. You see the word again. So, this man was a devout man. He was a man who feared God with all his household. He even gave alms to the people and prayed to God always, but he was not saved. You see that? He was not saved. So, when you read this same chapter, you see how God had to send Peter to bring him words of salvation. The Bible says that as Peter was preaching the gospel, that the Spirit fell. Are you seeing that? And this was, it was that day that Colinus became a Christian, became a disciple of Jesus Christ. So somebody can be praying to God, giving generously to the people, give alms to the poor, can even fear God with his household, but he doesn't have salvation. Salvation is so important to the Lord Jesus. So important to the Lord Jesus. So that means in everything that you are trying to get and you're doing, ensure that your family and your household are saved. Please say amen. If you have a member of your family who is not saved, pray for them. That they may come at the blindness or say that will leave their eyes, that the skirts will fall off and they will come to the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Can you shout Amen? Now let's see another non Christian again in the book of Acts. Um, Acts chapter 13, verse 6. Acts 13, verse 6. Let me see. Acts chapter 13. Verse six. I'll read from my Bible here. It says, "And when they had gone through the eyes of Pathius, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew who was called who Bar Jesus. He got even had Jesus in his name. <laughs> Bar. <laughs> oh my God. Bar Jesus. So this also. Look at the look at the the, the the construction of the introduction of this man. A certain who sorcerer. You notice know the certain disciple' given to him. Telling you that he's not a Christian. And listen, he was a prophet, but he was a false prophet. So you see that these things that you see today in the world have been there from Bible days. You see false prophets. You see magicians who pretend to be using the power of God, but they are not at all. This man even called himself bad Jesus. Say, me and Jesus, I'm the bad part of Jesus. That's what this guy was doing. And the funny part that this guy was also a Jew. He was a Jew. So He was not a random guy. He was a Jew. See, I'm the bad part of Jesus. I'm bad Jesus. Glory to God. Now look at Acts 14 from verse 8 to 10. Acts 14 from verse 8 to 10. It says, and in Lestral, everybody see the word there again, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. Verse 9. And this man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently, and seeing that he had what? faith to be healed, Uh he said, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Notice, this man was healed by the power of God, but he was not yet saved. Are you seeing that? So healing, the power of God can heal anybody, can, can provide for anybody. The grace of God can reach to any human being on planet earth, but salvation is still very important. That's why this man was not mentioned as a certain disciple. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Okay, let's look at another one again. Acts 15, from verse 1 to 3. Acts 15. And certain men came down from Judah and taught the brethren. Now, look at this very carefully. Certain men came down from Judah and taught the brethren. Talking about they were teaching Christians, disciples. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. This is what they were preaching. Next verse. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small demission and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should not go up to should, should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So there was a question that happened in the, in the book of Acts. The question was: If you are not circumcised, you cannot have salvation. Are you seeing that? I don't even know what circumcision is. You all know what circumcision is, right? Uh-huh. They say, so, so if a prerequisite for you being saved is that you are circumcised. Sometimes I wonder, so do they mean that they will circumcise the woman too? I don't understand this. So you, you know like to say that you must do certain things before God, before you can have salvation. They are all lies from Satan. Glory to God. You don't need to do anything to be saved. All you've got to do is to believe. That's all that's required. Acts sixteen verse six verse sixteen, let's see another um, ranging of this again. He says, "And now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl, possessed with the spirit of divination, met who brought her masters much profit from fortune telling. So this lady, when you this small this small girl, when you meet her, she will tell you your future. Are you seeing that? And you pay for that information. Tell you that in twenty years." They're going to become a billionaire. They have paid 10,0. Are you following? So they used to pay. So the guests to bring plenty of money. That was our business. Next verse 17. Okay, no. Um Acts chapter 17, verse 18. Look at another one again. I don't have time to start going through all these stories. I don't want to show you the consistency. Now look at this. Then certain epicronial and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, What does this blah blah? Want to see. So (laughs) Paul met some philosophers, the guys that know books very well. So, what does he want to tell us? Others said he seemed to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached. What did Paul preach? What did Paul preach? Jesus and the resurrection. That was his that was his message. That was all he was preaching. Until this man to receive salvation. Praise God. Acts chapter 18, verse 7 to 12. Look at this one now. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man. See it again? So this man was not saved. A certain man named Justus. One, now look at this, one who worshipped God. So this guy was worshipping God, but he was not saved. He says, whose house was next to the church? It was just church neighbor. But I, I used to worship God in his house, but he was not saved. Are you following Next verse. Then Christus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. This is where the Corinthians ministry started. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. He says, oh, I like this. He says, do not be afraid, but speak, and do not be silent. He says, for I am with you, and no one will attack you or hurt you. For I have many people in this city. He says, and he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Next. When, okay. When Gallio, who um, was prosconos of Abracha, the Jew which one accord called, rose up against Paul and brought him to the city of judgment. So now they began to, um, <laughs> when Paul started preaching in this place now, they now say, Paul, you have to stop preaching this message. They brought him to the, to the to judgment seat. They wanted to judge him. But guess what? Remember, God already told him. He says, nothing will happen to you. So when he got there, he was vindicated expressly. In fact, the judge said, this is not a matter. Please, close Please, Everybody go back home. That's what happened to Paul. Next. Now, Acts chapter 18, 24 to 28, verse 24. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos. Do you remember Apollos in the Bible? This is where Apollo started his ministry. He says, born of Alexandra, an eloquent man, and mighty in the scriptures. Listen very carefully. So, Apollos was mighty in the scriptures. Now, he came to Ephesus. That way you have the Ephesian church, where they came from. Now, look at what happened. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things, the things of the Lord, though... He knew only the baptism of John. So, this man was a good teacher. Are you listening very carefully? He was a good teacher of scripture. He can explain scripture to you. He was very learned in scripture. But there was a problem. Next verse. Look at the problem with Apollos. So, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, in the churches. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside. They said, hey, brother, we know you are mighty in scripture. We know you are teaching very about There's some mixture in your message. What did they do to him? They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Now, what is the way of God more accurately? What is it? Let's look at the next verse. And when he desired to cross to Asher, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. Next. Next. And for he voraciously refuted the Jews publicly. How showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ, brothers and sisters. Say this together with me. See the entire scripture is about Jesus Christ. If you are not seeing Jesus Christ in the scripture, you are you are seeing something else, you are like Apollos, mighty in scripture, but don't have revelation of Jesus Christ. Because remember, the scripture all speaks about Jesus. It's about him from Genesis to Revelation. It's about Jesus. That's why when you begin to see Jesus on the pages of scripture, scripture begins to make sense to you. Are you seeing that? Everything begins to make sense. Everything begins to make sense. But when you're only seeing animals, you're only seeing moon and stars and and fish, and you're only seeing um, rocks and mountains and water, and you're only seeing um, fire and brimstone, then... (laughs) You'll be like Apollos, mighty in scripture, have deep revelation, but does not have the revelation of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Let's look at one more um, verse, and one more verse in this book of Acts. Act 19, verse 23. And about the time, there arose a great commotion about the way. Everybody said the way. Go back to that verse. What is the way? What is the way? when christianity started in the book of acts it was called the way everybody said the way not a way it is the way the way means the only way because it's definite article the way not a way are you seeing that christianity is the way jesus said that no man can come to the father except by me he said it with boldness he didn't mix his words he says no man so now, there was commotion about the way. This thing caught the way. What was the commotion about it? Next verse, 24. For a certain man, see it again. Anytime you see a certain man, what does that mean? It's not a disciple. Uh-huh. So, a certain man named Demetrius, a silver smith. I mean, this guy um, is good with making things out of silver. Who made silver shrines for Diana. <laughs> brought no small profit to his craftsmen. So um, Diana was always ordering things from this guy. So this guy was making too much money. Now he called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. This silver we are making is making us plenty of money. <laughs> Next verse. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout Among all Asia, this Paul. This guy called Paul is spoiling business. Has persuaded and turned away many people. What was Paul doing? Saying that there are no gods which are made with with hands. So before, they used to have gods in silver. They would make different gods in silver. You know? And Paul is saying these things are not God. How can you be calling something that human beings made? You are calling it God. That means you are now God now. Because God, you cannot create God. Are you following God is the one that creates things. So you created the. And, <laughs> and these guys who are silversmith guys, they don't worship those things. All they care about is their uh, my money. So you say, okay, I want a silver um, donkey that the mouth will open like this. There's no problem. Your bill is 3 million naira. Pay. Then they'll deliver it to you. They'll deliver it to you. The will say, oh, our God of horse. They are worshipping it. So Diana was making this guy, Diana was into serious business. you so what they were doing. Saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. Next verse, 27. So not only in this street of ours is in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the greatest goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence is destroyed. Whom all Asia and the world worshipped so this, this Diana, our, our, our God was spread among Asia in those days. So everybody was worshipping the God of Diana. And then, of course, she had temples everywhere. And then the contractor was this guy who was the silversmith. And the guy had to call all the other guys that make silver like him and say, brother and sisters, man, we have a multi-million dollar business. Let's do this business very well. But this Paul, this Paul is spoiling our business. Because now, He's telling people, hey, this thing, how can you say he's a God? Not a God. He's started converting people, converting people. Plenty of them, there are millions. Next verse, 28. 28. God cannot be made with hands. Calendron deliver husky. 28. Act 19, verse 28. And when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried, saying, Great is Diane of the Ephesians. So this same God, Diane, they were worshipping this God in, 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 in Ephesians. Are you following? Because Ephesians is part of Asia too. Where you have your Ephesian Bible. When Paul writing letters to the Ephesian church. After he went there. So the whole city was filled with confusion. And rushed into the theater with one accord. Having seized Gaius and Astridas, Macedonians. So all of them, they gathered. Paul, trapped, they even seized, even all of Paul's entourage. They arrested all of them. Next verse. And when Paul wanted to go into the, in, into the people, the disciples would not allow him. So they knew that commotion had begun. Paul, don't go anywhere because you that they are after. <laughs> so some of the officials of, the, of, of of Asia, who were his friends, sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Next verse. Some therefore cried one thing and some others, for the assembly was confused, and most of them did not know why they had come together. That's okay. Praise the Lord. Now, after the five verse one, now let's, now let's answer the question. Why did Ananias and Sapphira die? I said, I went through all these scriptures to come and explain this one verse now. Are you ready for the answer now? Are you ready for the answer now? Now everybody read now. Want to go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh Uh-huh. Next verse, two. Uh Uh-huh. Read on. Come on, read. Want to go? Uh Uh-huh. I laid it at their cinema. So what did these guys, what what were they trying to achieve? Who who can tell me? What were they trying to achieve? They were trying to show off. They were trying to deceive people. Because when it came to money, because the apostles in their early days, when they get money, they share money among themselves. There was no hunger among their midst. Are you following? No, Nothing like hunger. If your brother does not have food, that guy must get food. We'll share the food together. We'll enjoy everything, it was like a community. So now, these guys, they crept into the food. Are you following? Now, their aim was to deceive God's people. So they now saying, you know what? This land is one millionaire, eh? but we'll give the church 100,000. I will tell them that we sold our land for 100,000. So their aim, so they had ulterior motives. And that's why when they came into the house of God, because you are dealing with the house of God now. You are dealing with God's sheep. You are dealing with the church. Are you seeing that? You can try that outside, but not in the house of God. So when they tried in the house of God, they dropped dead immediately. And the same thing will still happen today. The same thing will still happen today. Because God will protect the church. Glory to God. No matter the wickedness of Satan, hmm, the church will never stop. Jesus said something. He said that, he says, I will build my church. He says, and the gates of hell cannot, cannot prevail against it. Hallelujah. That means the church of Jesus Christ is the only thing that Jesus will meet when he comes back. So anything that you are built that is not around the church will wipe you away. Are you seeing that? Do you remember the book of Acts? After the chapter, eh, sorry, Psalms 23 verse 4. Let me show you on that one. I have to explain this. Psalm 23 verse 4. Um, drop down to 5. Next verse. This is the last verse, right? Yeah. This is the last verse. Drop down to the last verse. Okay. Go back to verse 3 now. Verse 3. Psalm 23, verse 3. Wow. It seems you are not showing me the complete verse. Because there's no possibility I'll have gone through 3 to 6, and I know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the power it says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh-huh. So it, <laughs> it was in verse 4 all the while. All right. Now, let's start with the full verse now. Up up a little. No, verse 4. Verse 4. Everybody read this on the screen now. I want to go. Uh Uh-huh. For you are with me. Uh Uh-huh. Your rod and your staff, they what? What is the rod used for? What does the shepherd use the rod for? Notice, it says rod and staff. What's the rod for? The rod is not to beat the sheep. The rod is to drive you with the wolves, the dogs. Are you following? So when anyone wants to attack you, when anyone wants to destroy your life, God's rod will be used to drive the wolves. Shout to me, somebody. (laughs) Then he says, your staff. What is the staff used for? The staff is not for king. The staff is for the lamb, the small ones, right? You know, when they are are moving, you know sometimes lambs, when they are moving, they, they don't move with sense. You know lambs don't have sense. I don't even know that. And God calls those sheep. Amazing. Sheep. say that they are moving without no shepherd. When sheep don't have shepherd, they eh, they wander. They just wander everywhere. So now look at this now. So if the sheep, the small sheep now, let's say it's walking and then mistakenly it just enters gutter. What happens to the sheep? The sheep will be struggling, struggling to come out. Now the staff of the Lord will be used. Because the staff is usually like curved like this. So the staff will just be used to lift up the sheep. That's what God will do to you. Amen. Hallelujah. When you enter into trouble, he will be the one to see rescue out of the trouble. Can you shout amen name, somebody? He will deliver you out of trouble. He will deliver you out of trouble. That means there is no trouble that God cannot deliver you out of. Hallelujah. So God's rod and staff. So these two things, they comfort me. Are you seeing that? have the Now they comfort me because I know that God will protect me. So anybody who is talking against me, trying to, you know, fight my, my ministry or my job or my family, God's rod will be used against them. Do you see that? And anyone who's trying to fight against the church, God's rod will be used against them. Shout the name, somebody. So that's what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. Number one, Ananias and Sapphira died. Because they came to deceive God's people, and they were never God's people; they were not Christians. That's why they died. Do you see that? Uh huh. So even to today, anyone that attacks the church, the same will happen to them. So this is so that that book of Acts will give us comfort that God is not angry towards us, but God will always protect, shield us, and guide us from evil. Are you seeing that? Praise the Lord. I took time to answer this question today. Um, confidence. How is this done? Is it very clear? Is it very clear? Alright. Praise the Lord. Does anyone have any questions? Mike, please. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
1: So my question is from just what you thought now. When you said um, the church neighbour, the yes. one who worshipped God but yes. was not saved. Yes. Now I'm thinking for him to worship God, it means he knows that God exists. Yes. And he believes. Yes. So my question now is: Does it mean that God didn't accept that worship? Did God accept that worship? Okay. From the man who wasn't saved.
0: You see, this is this is why this is what we see the gospel. Is God's heartbeat? You see that, right? Anyone that stands against the gospel, God will kick them out. It's as simple as that. Now, remember, the Jews—who were they worshiping? The God of who? Abraham, Isaac, and who? Jacob, right? So that means even um, even um, Paul worshipped that same God. Correct or wrong? Uh, what about um, John? John, John, Jesus' disciples. He did they worship the same God? What about Peter? He did they worship the same God? What about um, James? They worship the same God? Good. But when Jesus came, he came to change everything. God has changed the system. The system has changed. The testcles have died. Are you seeing that? When Jesus came out of the grave, everything has changed. Now in this new wheel, you can only come to the Father except by son. That's why even the Jews, that's why you see. When, remember, when Jesus came out of the grave, who did he send disciples first to go and preach to? To the Jews. But the God of the Christians and the God of the Jews, are they the same or different gods? The same God. But the, the policy has changed now. The policy is that you must go through Jesus. You must believe in his son. That's the policy. Because, and there's a reason why. If you don't believe in Jesus, that means you are saying that you are ready to pay with your own blood for your own sin, I you ready to stand in your own righteousness. Which, of course, is zero, zero. It will be F9, F9, F9. Are you seeing that? <laughs> because it's a serious game now. The game is that Christ has come to take your place. And given you his place. So accept what he has brought. You see that? Because the old covenant will never give you that. The Bible says that the old covenant was dying, is foolish, obsolete, and is gone. So God was the one that abolished the Old Covenant because the Old Covenant was holy, was righteous, but cannot make men holy, cannot make them righteous. Are you seeing the problem? So Jesus came with a new way. The Bible called it the new and better way. So Moses was a servant, but Jesus is the son. You see that? Jesus Christ is greater than the angels. He's greater than Joshua. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than all the prophets. You see that? So Jesus, that's why the scriptures, Jesus said that term, um, that, that the, the law and the prophet. They were all sent to unveil me, because they were shadows. The old covenant is the shadow of the things to come. Now it has come. Now, now in this new regime, do you want to pay for your own sin, or you want to accept somebody else's payment, whose payment is an overpayment for your own sin? That's the question. So when the apostles were going to preach in the Jews, they were telling them, "Jesus is the way. He has risen from the grave." Because the Jews they knew that a Messiah was coming. To so set them free from their bondage, they knew. But what they did not know was that the Messiah would come like a boy, young boy, baby. What they were expecting was the Messiah would just, you know, as soon as you see all this in social media, you just see that Jesus was walking on the street, or they say the devil is walking. They even show the devil walking. I suppose all these are just um, graphic designers deceiving you. <laughs> because the devil, now the devil looks like. They say the devil has horns, you know, he has horns, and then he has a long tail with three fork, standing like this. That's not what the devil looks like. When you see the devil, you won't be shocked that he's devil. Are you seeing that? So, so, that's, that's, so, so, um, so Jesus is the new way. You see that? So, Jesus said that no man can come to the Father except by me. And he didn't make those words. Because now Jesus has died for the sins of the whole world. So, are you going to believe in his resurrection? Are you going to accept what he has done for you? I am going to live in Christ today? Because Christ not only saved us from sin, he also gave us a new life. You see that, right? So when you come into Christ, you get a new life. You get a new heart. You get a new spirit. So the old man is dead in Christ. Now when you are born into Christ, you are born a new man. So it's a very, very spiritual thing. So this is the reason why even people can say Christians and Jews and Muslims and whatever are serving the same God. Yes, you are correct. You can can be right in that way. But the question is, have you come to believe that Jesus Christ is the last Adam? Hmm? Have you come to accept that he died for your sins? Because that is where the game really is. Because John was a Jew. He believed in the God of Abraham. So how come he was preaching about Jesus? Because of this significant thing that he came to do. He came to remove what was separating man from God first. And then number two. Came to give man eternal life. You know why? In the Garden of Eden, there was a tree called the Tree of Life. Are you following? And that tree called the Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil. God was expecting man to eat from the Tree of Life, but he never ate it. And there was no law against eating it. Do you realize that the devil he will always tempt you when there is a law? John, sir, Bible says that when there is a law, Bible says sin abounds because there is no law. God didn't say don't eat. From the so the devil didn't care about it. The devil came to tempt them on the one that God said, do not eat. That's when he came. That what the, devil do. the devil always looks for all those things that you want to keep and hold to yourself when you come to those areas. That area you hold to there. He will come and attack you from those areas. That's what he did to Adam. And Adam failed for his tricks. Are you following? So in Christ, so somebody can be worshipping God, be devoted to God, be giving arms to the poor, but he's still not saved until he comes to believe in Jesus. And what Christ has done for him. He must believe in the burial, the resurrection, the coming of Jesus Christ. Are you following? And these are very, very important things. They are not just a sideway stuff we can just play around with. They are, in fact, they are the most important things on planet Earth. It's a matter of life and death. It's not a matter of good and bad, it's a matter of life and death. That's what it's all about. Do you get it now? Very clear. Wonderful. Go ahead. Jam your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Yes.
1: My question is from Genesis 2 from verse 25.
0: Genesis 2 25. Okay. Let's have it on the screen.
1: It's a funny question, anyway.
0: Funny question?
1: Yes. And they were both naked, uh-huh. the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Let's go to Genesis 3 from verse 10.
0: Genesis 3 10.
1: So he said. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So my question is, in Genesis 2.25, is that mm. they did not know they were naked? That in Genesis 3 from verse 10, when they heard God's voice, he was afraid because he was naked. What, what is that nakedness really?
0: Yes, yeah, which is very, a very, very deep question. Hallelujah. <laughs> Have you seen those pictures of Adam and Eve? How are they looking like? You have seen them before? How did they look like? They know anything, right? They're all naked. Now, let me tell you something, right? When Adam was living on the earth, you know, the Bible says that him and, dog, him and God was talking every day. How was God talking to, to, to Adam? Did Adam see a body? Adam saw no form. The Bible says clearly that the voice of the Lord was walking in the garden. So all he was hearing was voice. And the voice him and God were talking every time. Guess what? It was the glory of God that covered Adam. It's the glory of God that covered Adam. So he never knew he was naked. It's not about clothes. Do you understand? It's about the glory of God. But the glory of God overshadowed him. So he was never bothered about clothes. But the day he ate of the knowledge of good and evil, the glory left. So and once the glory leaves, you are naked. Physically, spiritually, soul, and bodily. It was all nakedness. See that, right? So, man, he needs something to cover. He wants to cover his spirit, soul, and body. But it's not going to work. It's only in Christ. That's why we say you come into Christ. When you come into Christ, you are coming into a new person and a new location in the spirit. Are you seeing that? And the Bible says that we are hid in Christ, and Christ is hid in God. So, when you come into Christ, what Adam lost, a better one, is now given to you in Christ. Glory to God. Now we are heeding Christ, and we are also heeding God at the same time. Glory to his name forever. Hallelujah. All right, go ahead. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hope you are learning something tonight. I hope you are learning something tonight. You sure? All right, wonderful. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, Early in the hours of today, I was
1: studying my Bible. I was reading about um, the story of Samson in the Bible. So where I focused was where the fall of something. And I later realized that in most of the stories, in all of his accomplishments, there were some things that God instigated in his life for him to do, like killing of the Philistines, doing some things like that. So my question is, and I later realized that it was after Samson revealed his secret to Delilah. Delilah that everything went bad. Yes, everything went bad. So does it really mean that there are some things that you're supposed to tell your wife okay. or your spouse? Or maybe is there anything that a spiritual dealing that is just for you and mm. you and you alone? Shaba. You are not supposed to tell any other any person. Any other person, right?
0: I like, you, you asked a very specific question about your spouse. I want to throw a question back to you. Was Delilah something's spouse? She was not his spouse. Uh-huh. Yes. So we know that you should not be telling secret to Delilah. There are people that are not spouse. I don't know if you are getting it now. Side cheek. Uh-huh. Like side cheek, like left cheek or right cheek. Jonathan... Uh-huh. because there are some, because you see, you, you see, Satan has stratagems gems. Are you following? Are you, uh, listen to me. Satan has stratagems gems. Are you following? He can use anybody. He can use a woman. He can use a man. He can use money. So what Satan will do, do is that he will look for that part you call weakness. That's the part you in. The part your era where is dark. That's the part you become. So if it's woman, it's because remember, Satan tried all manners of tricks. To get something, he tried to cut off. His, he tried many things, but he didn't work. But the day he revealed the secret, the secret code—that means even Satan did not even know the secret all this while. Satan does not know everything. Isn't that amazing? It's not like, that one who know? So the moment he released that secret, everything was gone. So don't be telling things to people that are no spouse, because once you are married, the says two have become one. Do you understand? Yeah. So that's the way it works. Praise the Lord. So we are done for today, tonight. Praise the Lord forevermore. Let's stand to our feet.